1: Welcome to episode one hundred and thirty one of Maximize Your Influence. Steve Olson here along with Kurt Mortensen. Another weekend in the books, another show coming at us. Kurt, how you been?
0: It's spring. You know what that means. Allergies. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I just started sneezing yesterday. I'm like, man, what's going on? I'm like, oh, springtime. Allergies for those listeners that suffer from allergies. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we know your time? pain.
0: I tell my wife, you either sneeze a lot or you take the medication. It makes my head numb, like kind of right in the front. So I, either way, you can't win. You just can't win, whether it's with the medication or or with the sneezing. so it's sneezing, time to do a yard work, which is always a good time to procrastinate. But it's here. There's no avoiding it.
1: It's here. Which medication do you take that makes your head numb?
0: Oh, I don't know. I've tried a couple different ones. They don't all do that. But there's always the side effects for medication versus... My mindset is, okay, if I sneeze 12 times in the morning and 12 times at night, that's pretty much it. I, you know, I might have some other symptoms. But the challenge is with these powerful sneezes, I throw my back out every once in a while, which <laughs> well, is, is lame. Sneeze. And People ask, well, how'd you do that? I'm like, yeah, I was sneezing. <laughs> so that was my biggest fear is throwing my back out with these sneezes. You're Maybe not
1: supposed I, to put your back into it, Kurt, on a sneeze. I
0: don't know. Maybe I'm sneezing wrong. Maybe I need to go to a seminar on the proper way to sneeze. I don't know. I don't know. It's just weirdness for
1: me. Yeah. <laughs> my issue is I feel like I want to claw my eyes out with allergies. It gets in my eyes, itchy, watery. I wake up in the morning, and it looks like I just took a trip over to Colorado, if you know what I mean.
0: Oh, that's gotcha. <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, so go through a lot of drops and a lot of Allegra, and that's that's how we get through uh, March, April, part of May. In my house.
0: Yeah, Legra. Not to be the eyes. It's my itchy nose wanting to sneeze. That's what drives me nuts, especially if in the middle of a seminar and it hits. You're like, okay. <laughs> you're making the weird faces of the audience. I'm trying to stop a sneeze. I'm making faces. They're trying to figure out what's going on. So it's never <laughs> a
1: good thing. I remember once I was having a terrible allergy attack, and I went into the bank to make a deposit. And the bank teller was was looking at me very sympathetic. You know, And finally she says, you having a rough day? <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, no, no, it's just the allergies are killing me. And she could tell she felt bad, But, yeah, it looked like I was uh, pretty emotional, <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> that happened to me once on a flight from L.A. to Santa Barbara, which is really quick. It goes along the coast, small, small plane, fairly yeah. small. And I would sit pretty much next to the flight attendant. And I was just trying to stop the sneezes. And she's like, are you having a bad day? Are you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to sneeze, okay? <laughs> I need to sneeze. I don't want to, but I'm going to have Yeah, to. That's right. Well,
1: hey, there's still nice people in the world that will ask a, a stranger if they're okay.
0: That's the upside to it, I guess. That's the upside to it. So,
1: All right. Well, that's us complaining about allergies. I'm sure everybody tuned in to hear that.
0: Yeah, yeah. We well, we sympathize with you, especially for our listeners in uh, Iran. How are, is our listenership in Iran? Is it going up?
1: I'll have to check that during the show today. I haven't been paying attention to the Iranian listenership.
0: I don't know if the allergies are better or worse, but hey, allergies are out.
1: Tell you what, by the end of the show, we'll we'll give an update on which country is in second place on Maximize Your Influence downloads to the United States. I'm assuming the United States is number one.
0: Oh, well, it could change. Never know. You never know.
1: You never know. So off we go. First weekend of March Madness in the books. That was pretty fun. It's another week to persuade and influence and make a mark on your business, and we're excited to be here to help you to do just that. Part of what we've been doing to help you do just that over the last few months is shamelessly plugging University of Persuasion, which, as you know, we've talked about on the show many, many times, when you're going to use the law of scarcity, it has to be authentic, right? Mm -hmm. It's about to get authentic around here, Kurt.
0: Ooh, I like that. Tell me
1: why. That's right. Well, because, (laughs) as you know, we've been offering University Persuasion, which is a 52-week course on persuasion and influence skills. So you get new techniques every single week. That's going to get you extra sales. It's going to get you extra results every year, people, because one, two, even three extra tools in your toolbox for the whole year, let alone 52 of them, that's going to make a difference on a prospect that you wouldn't have closed had you had these techniques. Did I say that wrong? You wouldn't have closed it. You know what I like. works for me. Can't help you with the English language. We can teach you to persuade, but uh, uh, English is not our strong point. So, guess what's happening? We've been offering it for the low price of a Honda Civic, $7.99 a month. It's going up at the end of the month.
0: Yeah, the introductory price is over, so get on it. It's a great program, so every week... You're getting a new audio, a new video, a new article that you can go through to give you more tools since most persuaders are using, what, three, four, five tools at the most. Now you're going to get access to over 50 tools, access to the podcast archives, and access to some downloads and some other things. And a new thing we're doing with University of Persuasion is the Sales Tool of the Week, which is a quick three, four-minute video, quick tool that you can apply and use.
1: There you go. That's a good tool. So it's going up at the end of the month, everybody. So make sure you go to universityofpersuasion.com. You can get grandfather into the old, super cheap, less than a Honda Civic pricing that we have. I don't want to give away the store here, but it's still going to be less than a Honda Civic at the end of the
0: day. Yeah, we can <laughs> guarantee less than a Honda Civic. <laughs> yeah, it's, good. it's just going to
1: be more than it is now.
0: So. Just got to get Honda to sponsor our show since we keep promoting the Honda Civic, which I've never owned. But I don't know if I've even driven one, but hey, Honda Civic.
1: You know, I actually own a Honda right now, and I've got my eyes on a new truck. My wife and I have an agreement that I can do that when the Honda dies. (laughs) Now, if you've had a Honda, you know the problem with that statement. It just won't die.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure you're ramming curbs and hitting 100 and red-lighting the RPMs. I I have a feeling things are going on here for you to accelerate that process. Just
1: a hunch. I'm thinking about some underhanded tactics. Yeah, but if you keep changing the oil and you actually take reasonably good care of a Honda, it just... Goes forever, which you know most people think that's great. Right now, I like, well, I want the truck, but
0: <laughs> well, next time you change the oil, just don't put oil back in. So <laughs> it still might last another twenty thousand miles, but it'll accelerate the process.
1: I'm very fortunate that this is a problem for me, right? <laughs> very, very lucky. So
0: this is a good problem to
1: have. Interesting. While we've been talking, I was able to queue up the geographic stats of the podcast.
0: Do tell, Pretty curious.
1: So tell. first, first place, and it, and it's by a mile, is United States. You want to guess on second place?
0: Mm, can you give me a continent? I can give you a continent, <laughs> but it's
1: going to be a dead giveaway. I'm
0: saying uh, South America or Middle East.
1: It's our neighbors to the south, Mexico. Okay. Welcome aboard, Mexico. Gracias. And uh, third place are our neighbors to the north, Canada. Oh. And then uh, you'd appreciate that the fourth one is Brazil. Ah, Brazil. Muito bom. Yeah. And I'm looking down here. I'm going to count our buddies in Iran. One, two, three. They're about 16th place, which still, <laughs> I'm still
0: shocked. Yeah, new listeners, that's why we bring it up. We don't know why or what's happening now that we're on the NSA radar. But, hey, <laughs> welcome. We love our brothers over on the other side of the sea.
1: Yes, we, th- we think that there's trying to hack the podcast or something. But, you know, come on, Belgium and Ireland, you're behind Iran.
0: Come on, guys. Belgium, come on. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your friends.
1: and we need some more Belgian listeners. So that's the stats that most people don't care about, that we've made fun of our Iranian listenership because we don't think it's real. But uh, it's still fun to do. All right, let's get going on the show here today. Kurt has a good article. And remember, big picture, we like to tell you to keep the big picture in mind here on the show We've got these persuasion techniques, you're being aggressive, you're trying to close deals, you're trying to make more money, and get more results. If you're not happy, who cares though, right? All the money, all the success in the world, it doesn't necessarily make you happy. Kurt has a great article from the, the Journal of Happiness, I can only assume, <laughs> <laughs> about the 10 secrets of the happiest people. Take it away, Kurt.
0: All right, so no Oracle today, of course. Every
1: time I thing. let you off,
0: uh, I just, I second. can't believe it. I know. I, why do I do that? All right, Urkel, go. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah, I blew that one. Anyway, this is a combination of Psych Central, Harvard Medical School, and uh, it's called Your Tango. About ten secrets of about the top ten secrets of the happiest people. No, this is important because a, we got to be happy. B, the happier you are, the easier it is to influence others. And When you can make other people happy based on your happiness, they're easier to influence. So, there's like a lot of reasons here this is important. So, we just kind of go through these. It was interesting. They gathered this from various journals and research, and again, Harvard Medical School. First one's practicing gratitude. When people are grateful for things and other people, it made a huge difference. I thought it was interesting. Number two is they enjoy their own company. Yeah. Well, you got to be comfortable with yourself, happy with yourself, be able to be by yourself. That's an important one. Number three, they're honest and tell the truth, which is probably why politicians aren't very happy. I think so.
1: Yep. They're <laughs> all there. slam
0: cares. right there. Telling the truth. I think part of that, too, is it's just your brain is at ease most of the time. Because if you're always lying and remembering the lies and how to tell the lies, that increased mental energy just takes so much bandwidth that it has to take away from it. Yeah, we've
1: talked about that on the show. You're using up a lot of brain power to be dishonest. It's easier to just be honest. Exactly. I mean, right. if other than morals, you know, then do it for practicality, I guess.
0: <laughs> Pick one and go with it, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> the other one, they make time for fun, right? Mm-hmm. Having fun, doing the things that they enjoy, taking a time out, taking a vacation. You know, we get so caught up and get it done, get it done. And We've talked about vacations on the show before, and just having fun or going for the walk or playing sports and doing what you like makes a huge difference. Number five, tough one, they make sure they get enough sleep. Hmm. How much sleep? They say seven to nine, depending on who you are. And But lack of sleep can disturb moves, memory, weight cardiac and vascular conditions. I mean, there's a lot of things there we've heard before, but that can dramatically affect your happiness.
1: Yeah, that's a big one.
0: Mm-hmm. Number six, they practice forgiveness. Yeah, being able to forgive others and forget and move on and not hold a grudge and not be resentful. I mean, resentment comes from the word sentier, which means to feel. So you're refeeling, feeling you're rehashing what happened in the past. And they've said it before. I think we even said on the podcast before that anger is, it's like drinking poison yourself and hoping it hurts your enemy. <laughs> you're upset. You're angry. They've moved on. They have forgotten about it. But hey, you're going to hold that grudge and, and not forgive. It really hurts your health and your happiness. Number seven, they help others. Serving, helping others makes a huge difference in your happiness. That alone can get you past depression. And, and realizing that there are good people out there helping, serving makes a big difference in happiness. Number eight, can't help you with this one, but they enjoy their work, right? They love what they do. That makes a huge impact with happiness. Number nine, they have good, healthy relationships. Strong relationships, good marriages, good friends, that's important. And number 10, we've known this one before, they believe in something. It's no secret that religious people, they live longer, have longer marriages, they're happier. But they took it a step further, too, but it says not only just a faith or just a belief system, but it could be an organization or maybe you're passionate about giving back or helping out, giving to the community. It could be a nonprofit organization, something like that. Something that you really believe in makes a big difference in your happiness. So, hey, when you're happy, life's better. When you're happy, it's easier to influence others. And when you can make other people happy, they're easier influenced. So I don't see any drawbacks to this. Do you?
1: I don't see any. Why not be happier? I, and it's funny that a lot of those things on that list, they're not shockers. Some of them are a little bit surprising, but there are things that that uh, people kind of make fun of. They, oh, you know, do this thing, you know, serve other people or smile or, you know, get some sleep. They sound so basic, but we've talked about this on the show a lot of times is that, well, yeah, they're very, very, very basic things that you got to do. And they're there for a reason. And that's what these things are. These basic things in your life, you're going to feel a lot more happy and fulfilled. Because like we said, it's not just about making a bunch of money and a bunch of results. It's well, what do you actually have to show for it?
0: That's exactly right. And remember, too, that unhappy people will not like it that you're happy and will try to suck the life out of you and will try to pull you down. I remember someone coming up to me once and say, well, I don't like you. I'm like, really? Why? <laughs> you smile too much. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? Somebody just came up
1: to you and said, I don't like you because you smile.
0: Well, I knew them, so it wasn't like a stranger out of the blue. So we did have a minor relationship, but it was just out of the blue, and it shocked me to say, whoa, whoa, where does that come from? It's almost worse. (laughs) Yeah, people that aren't happy, they don't like it that you're happy, that you're having a good time, that you're smiling, they're laughing. They'll find a way to try to suck the life out of you. Just don't let them.
1: So much truth to the saying that misery loves company.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. I like the sleep one. I got to do a little better on that. I have an eight-year-old daughter, and she's kind of going through this phase where she's waking up and coming upstairs and, you know, oh, this thing, all these ridiculous reasons. And I just tell her, Lydia, you know, here's what you do. You close your eyes, and then you open them when it's morning. <laughs> <laughs> and people who are insomniacs and have trouble sleeping hate me for that statement. And obviously, it's not that simple, but it can be hard, and part of it probably is the happiness, right? Would you think? The happy people sleep better.
0: They do sleep, and I had passed that phase. But then they decided to get puppies. Really? Oh, oh they're squealing and moaning at the early hours in the morning when I want to sleep. So that's a whole other thing. But anyway, sleep is good.
1: <laughs> it is as good. It <laughs> should should we end the show on that note? Yeah, sleep let's, is let's, good.
0: Let's go to sleep. All right, there we go. Go to sleep,
1: everyone. Unless you're Let in your you car happier, Pull over, make then make do it.
0: Better persuader. There you go. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well that's a good article, Kurt, and I uh, appreciate you being a good sport and and following the advice of the article and being honest about the Urkel thing.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll fix it. We gotta get a new sound. Listeners have to vote on a better sound.
1: Well, we could release a poll. I mean it's, yeah, really, I be. think it's pretty awesome, and you're not gonna unseat Urkel. It's the epitome of geekiness. That's yeah. the whole point.
0: Yeah, listeners send us a better clip, a better idea. We'll track it down. We'll find Look, it. Look,
1: it has to be super nerdy. That's the whole point of it. This is how I make fun of you and these articles and these journals, and now you're kind of in open rebellion. Why don't we move on before we start fighting about sound effects, not what you tuned in for, that or allergies or anything else, but I want to talk today about something that is extremely important. And Kurt, as we are doing show prep, which I've made the point that, yeah, occasionally we do show prep. So we were talking about one of the topics we wanted to touch on today. And Kurt has a funny little anecdote, a little story thing, that I think is going to open up this topic, and you know maybe even be somewhat of a smooth segue. We're known for our awkward segues here on the show, but I think this is a smooth one. Kurt, tell us about the dentist.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll have you vote whether it's a smooth or awkward. But here's the story. Whether you like it or not, here it is. So there's this farmer hated dentist, which I think a lot of us do, and he had a toothache, put it off, toothache, put it off, and after a while, there was just too much pain. He didn't have a lot of money, but he had to go to the dentist because of the pain, and the dentist says, yeah, I can't save your tooth. It's been too long. We're going to have to pull it. Pull it? Man, how much is that going to cost? And the dentist said, well, we can pull it for $150. And this farmer says, $150? How long does it take? He says, well, a couple minutes. And this farmer, wide-eyed, goes, what? $150 for a couple minutes? Are you kidding me? And the Dentist just smiled, leaned back in his chair and says, well, if it's a time you're worried about, we can take as long as you want. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, when we get to closing or call to action or whatever you want to call it, most of you are taking way too long. It should be simple to the point, not more than 5% of your presentation. It shouldn't surprise the person that you're asking them to do something. Don't beat around the bush. Don't be the guy that asks a girl out that talks about the weather and sports and everything else because they're so nervous about asking them out, and after a while, the girl's not interested anymore. That's what's happening here. Simple to the point. This should excite you. This is where the money comes in. You should be excited to ask them for their business, to ask them for whatever it is that you want them to do. This is your call to action. This is so important. You have to do it right. Don't beat around the bush. Don't take too long. Get to the point.
1: Mm, Yeah, it's true. You can almost feel this awkward transition. Of, okay, now he's building value. Now he's creating urgency. Now he's bringing in testimonials. Oh, yuck, I want to throw up, right? It doesn't have to be that way. The best persuasion is you don't even really know what happened and you've agreed to do it, and it feels right. It feels good.
0: It feels right. You've helped them persuade themselves. And that's a huge complaint is that demeanor change to where Oh, it's time to close, time to be nervous and awkward. Uh, oh uh, right, all inside and they're like and it freaks them out. They're like, What happened to people person? Well, I've got awkward, strange tense person. What's going on? You're closing, you're persuading the whole time. This is exciting. This is the moment of truth. This is where you get your money. That's
1: yeah, that's when you get the money. That's when you gotta lock it down, and it doesn't have to be the stereotypical way that we've we have been trained. Because remember, that's why sales is is so taboo, because of all these crappy closers that you've come across over the years. You're not going to have to be that way. So, Kurt, first question in regard to that. How would somebody know if they've got a a funky demeanor change that is sabotaging their sales?
0: Well, we got to go back to the saying we've said it before that closing skills for most people is like trying to get a kiss after a bad date. (laughs) Okay. Because if they don't like you and they don't trust you, a clever phrase isn't going to help you out, number one. Number two, if you see them starting to get tense and uneasy, start to fidget more, your nervousness is transferring to them. Like I said, it should be just a process that happens. like, oh, wow, I just bought. Not something that you're seeing all these obvious techniques and tactics that the person is using. So if you see a change in their demeanor too, that means you've got to change in your demeanor and it wasn't a smooth process and you've got to change the way you close So change your call to action.
1: How do you reconcile the fact that with the fact that when we're closing, we're getting somebody to do something different than what they were already doing. There's like, we've talked about on the show, dissonance. Dissonance is an uncomfortable mental feeling that people have when they realize, Hey, something in my life is not right. I got to make a change. That's the whole core of any sale, of any any persuasion that takes place. How do you get that to happen, yet have closing be smooth? Because shouldn't they feel uncomfortable, a little bit awkward somehow, if they're actually going to make a decision and do something other than just lip service?
0: Dissonance and feeling a little awkward is always good to kind of crank up that fear earlier in the presentation. But as you've talked through your presentation and come up with solutions, hopefully – your prospect has visually seen themselves doing what you're going to ask them to do. They have visually seen themselves solve that problem. And when mentally they can see themselves doing it, and then when you finally ask them to do it, it's much easier. The resistance isn't there, and they are able to do what you're asking them to do because mentally they've already seen it, tasted it, touched it, and felt it. That makes it, that process much easier because you've planted those seeds along the way.
1: Okay, so you're having a good conversation. There's whatever rapport that that you can get is present when all of a sudden the smoke screen comes up, the knee-jerk reactions come up. They subconsciously felt like you transitioned into awkward sales guy, so I'm going to transition into lying prospect.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. And a lot of times that happens is that a persuader just doesn't know when it's time to shut up. Yeah, yeah. That is so, well, I've prepared 30 minutes, and at at five minutes, they're thinking they're interested in doing it, but you keep going. Well, we haven't talked about this yet. We haven't brought up this yet. We haven't done this. No, if they're ready back here, you've got to shut up. So looking for buying signals, knowing when you're close is so important to be able to have the call to action at the right time. Then it's seamless, then it's easy. If you've gone 30 minutes too long, it's not easy. If you haven't given them a what's in it for me, it's not easy, but if you've done everything right, and you can see it in their demeanor. Then you've got to know it's time to shut up and ask them for their business. Then the call to action's much easier and less painful. So I guess
1: going back to my question is, how do you know if you're if you're making that demeanor change? If when you do ask them for the business that they just they're always saying no, it's getting really awkward. Then yeah, something is happening along the way. And I I suspect, and this is really tied to the call to action is that you've not built value along the way. Otherwise, they would be doing it, correct?
0: Correct. We've talked about that, and we've done this before. Selling a $20 bill for a dollar, when you've built that type of value that, hey, spend a dollar, you're getting $20 worth of value, that it becomes easy, it's a no-brainer, and it solves their problem, then that transition's very easy. But knowing when to ask for their business is very important. It's not going to be the same every time depending on your presentation and your prospect, but know when it's time to share. Sure,
1: and, and you're saying it's not going to be the same every time. What would be some general cues, though? Because I've had sales that I've closed in five minutes or, or even less. I've had to do hardly anything. These people came to me gift-wrapped, right? A competitor probably got them ready for me, <laughs> and I got lucky. <laughs> and then I've had others where it's, it's taken a long, long time. How do you know? that it's time to, to go in and, and ask for the business, do the call to action?
0: Well, if they're there face-to-face and you can see their facial expressions, you're going to see their facial expressions relax. The tension's gone. They made a decision. Let's do this. This is a no-brainer. It makes sense. The value's there. They keep looking at the paperwork. If there's uh, spouses or partners there, you see approving glances between the two, uh, Kind of a nod in their head and the yes motion, maybe a spark in their eyes, a lean closer. Those are the type of things where you know, I'll say, hey, it looks like this is a perfect fit. Let's get started. Simple things to get them going will make a big difference. Or it could be their questions they ask. Well, tell me about this specific thing. Oh, tell me about your guarantee. Can we get a demonstration? When can we get delivery? Do you have references? Are all indicating you're close. If they say, can we get delivery in two weeks? As a persuader, you don't keep going You say, Do you need it in two weeks? And they say, well, yes, we do. We say, okay, well, let's get started. Let's get started on the paperwork. It can be that simple. a Very non evasive simple close when you're listening to those type of things. Or they could say, well, that's a good deal. Well, that's not expensive. You know, I could see how I could use that. Great. Done, done, and done. And you know it's time to shut up. I don't care if you have 20 minutes left or 30 minutes left. Why ruin it? Why talk too much? Why keep vomiting on them when they're ready to go right now and that again, this is a huge complaint that you're talking three times too much. You're going to save a lot of time when you really look at these buying signals or the questions that they're asking and you use your your close, your call to action to get them to do business. Yeah, those are
1: good points. I've noticed lately I've been focusing on tweaking a few things in my presentation. And one thing that's been helping me is up front, I clarify with the prospect what their time frame is. Because all the urgency and call to action in the world doesn't matter if if the time frame's not there, right? You, you're going to really kill that lead. You're going to really kill that prospect if you're putting all this heat on them to do something that no matter what you say and do today, they're not going to be ready. They're not going to want to act. And it builds a lot of credibility for you down in the future when you know, okay, we are within the time frame that they said. You're going to have a lot more success with a call to action and any urgency. What do you think about that?
0: No, I agree 100% with that one. If you know their time frame, if you know exactly what they're looking for, you've done your exam in the right way, we can call it, to where you've asked the right questions. You know exactly what they need, what they're looking for, how you can solve their problem, what their time frame is. Are they just looking? Are they looking for someone else? Are there other decision makers? All those type of things are huge, whether they're just doing the same presentation every time. You can adjust and do the different things and know that it doesn't matter what type of scarcity you use. If They're not going to be good to go for six months because of the budget with their company or their partner or other things that are happening or their inheritance they're getting, whatever it is. You know exactly how you need to arrange that presentation and know that too, that you're not closing them that day. And if you try to, it could really hurt the relationship. Yeah,
1: those are good points. Anything else you want to add on calls to action?
0: The main thing is be excited. Don't let your demeanor change. This is exciting. Is that a time for nerves? You're persuading your whole presentation, and this is it. This is the dessert. This is whatever you want to call it. Be excited. Don't change demeanor. Make it as simple as possible. This is exciting. This is part of the game. This is what makes the difference between an average persuader and a superior persuader is how they handle this call to action. Yeah, a
1: good call to action is a beautiful thing to watch. It is. It's priceless. Well, why don't we cue up the homer? Don't, don't, don't! So, this is a kind of an apology to the listeners. I'm Homer this week. I blew it on something. Well,
0: we already knew you were part Homer, but. Uh, yeah, what well,
1: <laughs> I'm glad you don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, do well, know.
1: last week we recorded a show and I just kind of let the week go on by. And then we were recording another show and I never posted. It was episode 130, I believe. Uh, it was about a week late before I finally got to posting it. So, if you're wondering where we are, if we uh, ran away to Iran with all our buddies, then I apologize. Episode 130 wasn't posted. So, yeah, that that's my uh, my blunder. Got to be consistent in what you do. You've got to be uh, timely. And, yep, that was uh, my bad. My apologies to you, Kurt, and to the listeners.
0: Oh, man. So you violated the listener expectations, which leads to frustration, which accelerates to anger. So we have all these negative emotions. Oh, Homer, Homer for,
1: Steve. for Steve. So send your send your, your pent up hatred to maximizeyourinfluence at com. That's where you can let me have it.
0: Let him have it, and then uh, he'll apologize and give you a nice free gift.
1: <laughs> oh, well, okay then. Well, thanks for letting me know that I was going to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just got out of the, by the blue. You'll have to cash, whatever. It is I guess that you, you got to pay that.
1: somehow. All right. Well, That's send right. it to maximizeyourinfluence at com. And then also, everybody remember go to universityofpersuasion.com. We are upping the price of of universityofpersuasion.com at the end of March. Like, legit upping up the price. Not a furniture-going-out-of-business-type deal. This is serious stuff.
0: It's not price. It's the investment that's going up, right? right. This is an investment in their future. More tools.
1: So invest in your future while it costs a little bit less to do so.
0: There you have it. Do it, make it happen, and it'll change your life. And
1: then, as always, follow us on Twitter at Influence Max. You can also punch into the search bar on Facebook, maximize your influence, and like us on Facebook as we release new episodes or new articles or new thoughts or whatever. We've got to say about anything. You'll be immediately notified and feel super special. We appreciate you listening to the show, and we'll check you next week on another episode.
0: Take care. We'll see you next week.